his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. And we are back with Beach and Company. I'm Sandy Beach. Very sad to hear about the death of the three firefighters in Australia. Uh, American volunteers, they were on one of those planes that spreads the fire retardant chemical things uh, to uh, put the fires out. And the plane crashed, and they died. They died helping us, a, a foreign country uh, fight uh, a very devastating fire. So when I hear things like that, the loss of three American firefighters, I, uh, I really bristle and get angry when anybody suggests that we're the bad guys. We're not the bad guys. They could have been home watching the Super Bowl next week. Instead, they died in foreign land trying to help out a foreign country. So to me... That's what the real heart of America is. Not the politicians, but people like those three. All right, we're talking about the uh, U.S. Department of Transportation. Wednesday proposed that only specially trained dogs qualify as service animals, which must be allowed in the cabinet, no charge, because people were saying, this is my service pheasant. This is my service rabbit. This is my service cat. My service pig. My service snake. And they say... People can bring those, but they have to pay the pet fee, which could be up to $100 and, uh, uh, each way. So it would be a couple of hundred bucks for the round trip. Got a couple of quotes here, which uh, you'll find interesting. Apparently, uh, the flight attendants aren't as thrilled with service animals as other people are. This is a quote. The days of Noah's Ark in the air are hopefully coming to an end, says Sarah Nelson, president of the Association of Flight Attendants. She said some of her union's members have been hurt by untrained pets. Oh, yeah, I mean, think about it. First of all, if you're on an overnight flight, they keep the lights really low so people can sleep. Somebody's pet snake might be slithering around in the cabin. Or, you know, suddenly you have to get up and go to the restroom, and you're walking down the aisle and you bump into a pheasant. That's not good. That's not, that's not a good thing. Legitimate service animals are one thing. Just any animal is another. Uh, here's a, another quote. This is a wonderful step in the right direction for people like myself who are dependent on and reliant on legitimate service animals. The words of Albert Rizzi, founder of My Blind Spot. It's an advocacy group for people with disabilities. He said some people want to have the benefits of having a disability without actually losing the use of their limbs or senses just so they can take their pet with them. Yeah, I don't think there are a lot of advantages to having a disability. So I think accommodation by people who don't have disabilities, very, very uh, acceptable. You know what I've noticed uh, since I uh, use this cane for assistance, you know, I, I hope eventually I won't need it, but I do now. And Besides I have, hitting me and Joe with it? Whacking you. That's, that's exactly why. 
But I find people are, are overly friendly and helpful and whatever. Can, can I get the door? Whatever. All these kind of things. And most appreciated. And one thing, and I, and I love the fact that my kids are with me when we're at uh, Wegmans or Tops. And if I see somebody that uh, is maybe using a walker, a cane, or one of the uh, motorized carts there, always ask if they need help. Oh, especially when they're going up and down an the aisle. They see some, and, you know, they'll either be very thankful. Oh, I appreciate that. And, you know, I'll get them the right amount. They'll say, no, I'm okay. I have it. Yeah, that's a very it's nice. important. It is important in how we relate with others in our society. Like if I run into Dan in West Seneca, I want to uh, always welcome him to the show. Dan, you're on WBEN. Well, thank you. And, and I do enjoy all three of you gentlemen there. Uh, quite entertaining all the time. Um, you might be a little upset with my remark today, um, but I'm always honest. And I'm, I'm going to say that in today's society, I, uh, we're catering too much uh, to minority-type issues, and people with disabilities would fall under that phrase. And, and I don't mean to sound ugly, um, but we're paying a lot, and I don't think society can continue to afford to do it. I did see the, the it was the airlines that had brought this up, with support animals, correct? Be, because they were losing revenue, uh, not being allowed to charge a fee for transporting your personal animal, uh, and I think that uh, there's a lot of abuse in all systems that govern our society today, and uh, people with disabilities. My heart goes out to them. Uh, however, their their main support should come from their own family, and the cost of that support should also come from their own family. And then if they do not have the money to sustain themselves, then they should be able to apply for assistance. But uh, in a time where we're talking about uh, a Medicaid funding shortfall in New York that the governor said was $4 billion, um, I think this conversation opens up the door to a larger conversation, and that would be whose responsibility is it? Well, the airlines uh, say they have no problem with a legitimate trained service dog, okay, and that's fine. Where they have the problem is some of these other animals that I mentioned are being declared as service animals when uh, they think it's just a scam so they don't have to pay the fee. And you can bring them as long as you pay the fee. I have no problem with that. It's a legitimate business issue there. And you're right. Some people do take advantage. There, I have been on committees uh, years ago uh, for uh, people t uh, taking advantage of handicapped plates or handicapped stickers and things like that. If you really need them, you need them. Anybody that doesn't, uh, doesn't need them and uses them just to be parked closer to uh, the grocery store, I think, uh, are disgusting. And that's a great example, but Sandy, I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, um, if you want to cut a Medicaid expenditure, cut medical transportation, picking up elderly people to take them to lunch and billing Medicaid 75 cents a mile. And remember, too, uh, the difference between Medicare and Medicaid. Medicaid is for people who have almost no money. Uh, Medicare is everybody gets it at a certain age. Uh, but in Medicaid, uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, let's see, the segment that would reach Medicaid, I, I think it can't have more than a couple of thousand dollars a year or something really, really low in order to qualify for that. 
You're, you're absolutely correct, and, and my wish would be that you have a show on this, especially when we got a budget fall of $6.2 billion. Uh, again, my heart goes out to people with disabilities. But well, here, uh, here, I'll give you an example. The Buffalo News a few years ago did a thing on how uh, Medicaid users were taking ambulances simply to get to the hospital uh, to get pick up their uh, their medicine and things like that. And what you also have to know is that if you're in the emergency room waiting, sometimes you have to wait seven or eight hours to be seen. But anybody coming in on an ambulance gets seen right away. And, and people use that. Now, that's an abuse. Unless you have a legitimate need, that's a big abuse. And I think that we have to track that down and cut, put an end to that. All across the board, I agree with everything that you just said. And I think this animal show that you have today again it opens the door to discussion um, but the airlines is a business it's a viable business they have policies you can transport your pet if you're willing to pay the fee sure um, people are trying to abuse people will try and scam anything 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 at all uh, to either uh, gain access to or save money from and what it does is it hurts legitimate users, people who actually need it. I'm spot on with you, and, and I hope one day that you'll discuss this more in depth and we'll teach society how to save a whole lot of money and be good for everyone. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, always good to talk to Dan. Uh, yeah, you find out, too, that, for instance, if you're talking about accommodation, the difference between the U.S. and almost the rest of the world is the U.S. has major accommodations for people who need help. Major. There's railings, there's crossings, there's all kinds of things. When you go to Europe, one of the things you'll find is that there are practically no railings. All right. If you're a person that needs a railing, uh, including, uh, in, including some important places you want to visit, but if you need a railing, don't count on it being there. Uh, whatever you bring with you is what you're going to have because it's it's really not there. And oftentimes there are small steps that go up a, a, a real height, a real incline. And if, if you need a railing, it would be almost impossible to get there uh, in that situation, even if you have a cane with you. So be alert to that. They certainly don't have the accommodations we do. We may go overboard, but I'd rather have it there and go overboard than not have it available. Let's uh, let's take a break, shall we? On News Radio 930 WBEN. Let's go to line one. This would be Joe in the Falls. Joe, you're on WBEN. Hey, Sandy. Hello, Joe. What do you have for us today? Well, I think the airline industry, if they were smart, they would work with the manufacturer of the plane and possibly uh, create a certain percentage of the planes ordered with a heated and pressurized cargo area. Uh, that's an issue with animals when you know when when they're up in that altitude and it's it's cold up there. And True. Yeah. And uh, a girlfriend of mine years ago ordered a uh, very expensive. Uh, I forget what kind of uh, cat it was, but I went and picked it up at the airport at Buffalo, and man, the thing looked like it was half dead when we got it. And I had to take it to the vet, and it was, and he said it was. You know, I think I think the airline industry should probably. Rather than banning uh, all those different kinds of animals from flying, I think they should uh, create maybe a pet-friendly flight that has a 
heated and pressurized cargo area, and if your animal's crated, I wouldn't see an issue with flying them. Some people that have properties down south that, you know, fly there for the winter and stuff would probably pay, uh, uh, you know, a substantial amount of money to get their animal there. Well, the airline isn't saying those animals can't come they uh, because they can, but they have to come as pets and you have to pay a fee. If you designate them comfort or service animals, they have to fly for free. Now, to give you an idea, just so that people won't think that we're nitpicking just a couple of instances, Southwest Airlines handles more than 190,000 emotional support animals per year. Now, that'll give you an idea. So it's not a small problem. People have found ways to scam it so they don't have to pay the fee. That's what's wrong. Because people who legitimately need a service, say a service dog, uh, should have it. Well, I agree if you need an animal for sight or something like that. But, um, you know, what is the definition of an animal uh, that you need for support? I mean, does it have to be sitting right next to you? Well, it has to be trained. Uh, that's, uh, that's a prerequisite. Now, I don't know. Uh, we know a lot of uses uh, for law enforcement, but I don't know of the personal uses besides sight. Uh, that's the only one. That's the that's the oldest one and the one we're most familiar with. But I don't know about the rest of it. But they have them for smells and all kinds of things. Uh, it's amazing what they can do to teach these animals how to uh, uh, how to help out uh, their human uh, uh, owners. Right. That is amazing. It, it, don't get me wrong. I, lo- I love animals. I've had uh, animals my whole life. But I think if they create uh, an area in the plane, uh, in the cargo area that's pressurized and heated where an animal can, um, you know. Be safe and, and comfortable. I totally agree with you. Uh, and that's the problem with sending them uh, on planes. Sometimes they go in uh, where the baggage goes, which is not always pressurized or heated. I don't think um, any uh, airplanes uh, in the baggage area are pressurized or heating. I mean, every time. You fly, I don't know if you fly for a period of time. You're Sometimes when you get your baggage on the carousel, it's still cold. I had, I've had i only uh, uh, flown two animals, my cats, to go to San Francisco when I, when I took the job in San Francisco. I had my fingers crossed, talked to some people, decided to give it a try because I thought uh, coming from the East Coast to the West Coast by car would be a lot harder on them. Um, I don't know about well, I don't I don't know about if your car would be a lot harder on them than flying in an unpressurized area in an airplane at thirty three thousand feet. But taking like four or five days to get cross country in a uh, in a cage with very limited uh, ability to exercise. I mean, you can stop every once in a while and and go to an exercise area. But I just thought on the whole it might be a better deal. But they came through. Like champs, and uh, everybody lived happily ever after. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for your call. Appreciate it. What do you think? Would it be tougher? Uh, going, uh, let's see, it was, where was I coming from? Buffalo, okay, all the way to San Francisco. So 3,000 miles by car is going to be at least five or six days. In a, uh, in a, ca- a, a pet carrier size like this big, and uh, you have to stay in there all that time except when you take them out, maybe every once in a while when you get gasoline or something. Give them a little exercise. Uh, that doesn't sound like fun for the pet and no, for the animal. No, I don't think either one of them is a, a, a prime choice. No. But I, I had to make a decision that I thought uh, was right. Mr. Beamer, Mr. Joseph Beamer, have you ever transported a pet on an airplane? 
No, I have been on an airplane where someone's pet uh, got out of their reach and was running around, running all around. And of course, it's right during the most turbulent part of the trip. So as the plane's going all over the place, I've got this dog that's smaller than my dog, uh, lost in between uh, my seat and the person next to me. And the dog was from three rows back. Did you really? Yeah. Well, that's an interesting story. I've never had that at all, except for that uh, that little dog that I said uh, we spotted after we had taken off. You have another. I do. We'll go with Jim this time, who says, if you're so emotionally fragile that you can't leave the house without any kind of support animal, maybe you shouldn't be flying. That's a thought. That's a thought. Uh, some people get a little freaked out by flying anyway. Uh, the, the flying part doesn't bother me at all. It's the other part that's, you know, the, the how long it takes to get through security and stuff like that, which is, I, I guess, no matter where you're going to go, you got to go through that. 803-0930-1-800-616-9236-930. Yeah, my favorite part is when you are on the plane because you are past all of that. You're done. Now you're finally, you can relax, put your music in. Exactly. Get to your destination. Put your headphones on and enjoy it. Uh, we'll take a break and return on News Radio 930. This is WBEN. karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is Beach and Company. I'm Sandy Beach at the deal of the day. Are you ready? Sitting in on a cold car is no fun. Skip scraping ice off your windows with a keyless car starter from BNR Auto Accessories. Right now, get a $379 starter for just $279, only from GetMyPerks.com. Details at GetMyPerks.com. Remember, the perks to living in western New York are just a few clicks away. Uh, so you go to where? Say it now with me. GetMyPerks.com. Let us go to line two. This is John. John, you're on WBEN. Good morning, Sandy. Hello, John. What do you have to say about uh, about the U.S. Department of Transportation saying that only trained dogs can be considered service animals? Well, it's 
it's slippery slope. How well trained and trained to do what? It's true. I'm sure they they have the specifics in their program. My uh, my AP copy does uh, not say, but they say that a lot of others are pretending to be service animals when they're not. What bothers me as well is the lack of handicapped, accessible Amtrak or Greyhound buses. What are they? Do they have uh, uh, ability to get up the front stairs on a bus? Do they have a special entrance, or do they have anything? When wheelchairs, who want to travel? Yeah, an airline, and that's a way expensive choice. Yeah, the airline's considerably more expense. That's true. But but you know, I mean, like what I've always wanted to do, what was on my bucket list, and due to a accident, can no longer be there, was to take um, the train with the uh, the glass observation deck through the Rockies. Oh, that's beautiful. We've done that. It's very nice. Yes. And then I just have something that you may or may not be interested in. The original Matt Dillon on the radio was Cannon. Yeah, William, uh, William, uh, let's see, what's his name? Yeah, that's right. Because he had the voice, but he certainly didn't look. You see him on a horse. Yeah, I I couldn't believe he could get on a horse. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Uh, You know a little bit about that show business aspect of it. Matt Dillon with James Arness. Is formidable. I don't think. Um, oh, right, right, right. Conrad would uh, would be that formidable. Um, how would they get a, a Budweiser horse? Uh, <laughs> a, a draft horse. Yeah. Yeah, you can ride a draft horse. Absolutely. Uh, getting on the draft horse, you may need an elevator or something because they're they're uh, usually more than seventeen hands, which is quite big. Yes, that's true. But, I mean, I love old radio shows. They just, it, it's so nice to be able to listen to one and drift off to sleep and not worry about the fact that you've got your head cocked at a strange angle to watch TV. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. The old theater uh, that they used to have, in fact, BEN used to run it. CBS had a... a CBS a, Radio Mystery Theater. Yeah, and it was good. And I, they ran it on Sunday nights, uh, and I used to listen to it whenever possible. I did, too. And they had, like, like big-time actors like Howard De Silva. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of uh, actors started that way. Uh, and radio acting, you know, Irv Weinstein, before he became the anchorman here, uh, was a radio actor, and he was magnificent. The guy could really act, and, of course, he had the voice to go with it. Hey, thanks. A pleasure to talk to you today, John. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Yes. You're mentioning uh, radio acting. I took lessons from the great Tony Silveri on voice acting. And let me tell you something. It's a blast. It's a lot of fun to be able to act out. Uh, nobody's watching you, so nobody can see you. And you could just pretty much drift into uh, any character. Oh, sure. And, you know, we'd get, uh, she would give us copy to read, you know, a, a commercial. And my thing was always to drift off, you know, invent a character, become something else, and read the copy the way that character was would read it, and quite often it would be hysterical. Well, in Boston, I went to uh, Leland Power School of Radio, Television, and Theater. And in the theater part, you gotta, you got you to gotta throw your inhibitions out the window because they'll give you exercises to do, not physical exercises, in which they'll put you in a, in a role, and you have to do it. 
one of the first things I had to do, which I'm sure is everybody's done that's been to theater school, is I was a stick of butter put into a hot frying pan. And I had to, with my voice, with my body, and characterize what would happen with a stick of butter going into a hot frying pan. Would that be more visual than, than it would be, you know, as far as sound? Or? Both. It would be both, but especially visual. Especially because you've got to, you, you know what, how it would melt, would come down and then spread out over the frying pan. You had to, you had to simulate that. Now, keep in mind, people going there are there to learn theater. They don't know theater when they get there. They're to learn theater. And theater is, uh, it really requires good acting because, A, you have, a lot of it is, is done uh, with the proper, uh, proper inflections, proper look. Proper angles. There's a lot that goes into acting. I know it took me a while to get comfortable, you know, because of other people in, in the class, to let go. Just, you know, and, and, and feel free not to worry about, oh, what are they going to think of me if, oh, yeah, if I'm acting the that. fool. And uh, you even have to hit your marks, so you got to worry about being in the right place. Timing. Everybody else on stage with you has to hit their marks. There's a lot that goes on with theater, but that's why I love watching, you know, the behind the scenes when, uh, for uh, animation when you have like Robin Williams, who's so good yeah. at voice acting. Well, the the people you hear are are terrific, and a lot of people make a lot of money at it. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Peter Coyote, for instance, you've seen him in some things, right? But you've heard him on a lot of things, uh, and they uh, they have the. The background to uh, do it. Well, Thank your you. old friend that you work with, Don Cobiella. Now I know he yeah. did a lot of voice stuff, but did he do the voice acting and voices of cartoons? I don't know. He did. A, he did a lot of voice uh, voice stuff, uh, but I don't know if he did acting. Because I know he did was the voice of Cartoon Network or something. Yeah, yeah. I remember Burns. Uh, Don Burns did a lot of uh, voice stuff too. All right, we'll take a break and return on News Radio 930 WBen. Let's go to uh, line one. This would be Heather. Heather, you're on WBen. Hello. Hello, Heather. I understand that you can give us some good information. Uh, your position is what? I'm the president of the New York Association of Guide Dog Users. All right. So this uh, proposal by the Department of Transportation would be something you would be interested in. Uh, uh, how do you feel about it? Will this help or will this hinder people who use uh, guide dogs? Well, we're not entirely sure. The problem is that what we've been asking and asking and asking is for them to enact a behavior standard because a lot of these checks and balances are trying to have business owners or airline employees or anyone in a position of authority decide, is this legitimate service animal? Is this an ESA? Is this fake? And it's really, the, well, the bad news is they're not qualified to make that decision at all. And the good news is it's not their job. What we're asking with the behavior standard is if a dog is exhibiting signs of behavior that's not appropriate, kick it out. Because even if it's a legitimate service animal and it's misbehaving, it doesn't belong in the restaurant, on the bus, on the plane. You know. That, that's correct. And that's where uh, some of the uh, people abuse the system. Who sets the standards? Are these state? Are they federal? Uh, there's a lot. So the ADA is federal. The Air Carrier Access Act is federal. Every state has laws, um, which do differ quite a bit from state to state, although they can't violate the federal laws. And then there are sometimes local laws or town laws, and then there's policies 
at various businesses, uh, towns, um, and it, that's where it gets super complicated. Well, the Department of Transportation, according to this article, uh, proposed that only specially trained dogs qualify as service animals, which must be allowed in the cabin at no charge. If you have other pets, you can bring them on, but they, uh, but they have to be uh, paid for as opposed to uh, being free uh, for legitimate service animals. I think that might deter some people, uh, possibly, but it still, first of all, doesn't protect people from badly behaving service dogs because that can happen. And it also doesn't address the main reason that people sneak Fido onto the plane. In most cases, they're not jerks who just want to have it for free. A lot of them are genuinely concerned because it's really not that safe for pets to fly under the plane, um, especially when you have a larger dog. Um, or, you know, a cat or a ferret. or Right. Not advisable, sure. So one thing we've tried to do is really encourage airlines to step up the quality and safety of their pet transport, which would significantly, we believe, cut down on the number of people who feel the need to fake having a service animal or get a letter for an ESA they don't need or, you know, a fake letter for that. Let me ask you a question. We're all familiar with what at least used to be called seeing eye dogs and helping people who are visually impaired. What else are dogs trained to uh, help their uh, human handlers with? What else can they do? Um, They can do quite a bit. So guide dogs are the generic term. I actually have a dog from the seeing eye, so she's a seeing eye dog. So guide dogs guide people who are blind. Physical assistance dogs pull wheelchairs, help people stand or roll over, pick up things. Oh, my word. Um, Medical alert dogs can detect things like seizures or low blood sugar in someone who's diabetic. I've heard about that. That is remarkable to me, uh, the the advanced training these dogs can receive. It's just remarkable. It's really cool. And then I'll tell you, the most contentious class that we do support, but there's a lot of... um, argument are psychiatric service dogs and the main difference between an emotional support dog and a psychiatric service dog my husband actually has one he's um, a marine corps veteran and he has post-traumatic stress disorder a psychiatric service dog is trained to provide specific tasks like remind someone to take medications wake them from a nightmare um, lead them to a safe place if they have a dissociative episode an emotional support animal is not trained to do any specific task. It might help you if you have PTSD or another psychological condition, but there's zero training uh, implicit with the term emotional support animal. And with the Air Carrier Access Act, the ADA covers psychiatric service dogs just like everyone else, but things like the Air Carrier Access Act make this weird middle ground where handlers of psychiatric service dogs are less than service dogs and more than ESAs in this weird no man's land and it's a mess and we're not quite sure why they felt the need to rewrite and do things so differently from uh, the ADA. Well this is government and the the deeper you get into the government the more complicated it gets. If people are in need uh, suddenly find themselves in need of a service dog do they go to a facility that has them already trained? Do they get trained at the same time they become familiar with the dog? How does that work? Um, So the standard system is that a school breeds their own puppies. Some schools do rescue dogs, but usually they have their own breeding stock. Families raise the dogs. Then the dogs get formal training. Then the person who's going to receive the dog comes to the school and gets training to work with the dog and to make sure that it's a good match that they've made. Then they go home. 
you can owner train a dog and it doesn't make it any less legitimate, but a responsible owner trainer goes through all the public access testing and all the training that is necessary to make sure that dog is of the same quality as a school trained dog. How about access uh, as far as money is concerned? Uh, are they uh, fairly expensive? Uh, are there any programs uh, to make them available to people uh, who don't have the means? Um, that's where guide dogs are a little different. Every single school in the U.S., except for the Seeing Eye, charges nothing. And the Seeing Eye only charges $150, which I see as a mark of respect. And I mean, it's like, what, a quarter of what you pay for an iPhone? But outside of the guide dog community, many, many schools that train other types of service dogs, they aren't as well funded, so they have to charge anywhere between $5,000 and $40,000 that you have to pay out of pocket or raise or help them to raise. And it's, it's really tough. Guide dog handlers, at least in that respect, we have it pretty easy. And it's the other compounding factor is that you not only have to raise the money for the dog or if you get it for free, you need to have enough income that you can provide adequate care for the dog. Sure, absolutely. Food, that care and all of that. Well, you're, you're working towards uh, certainly great causes. Let's hope it works out well. Uh, how do you hope this thing ends on the uh, U.S. Department of Transportation? Uh, because I think people have uh, 60 days to comment. Yeah, 60 days to comment on the proposed changes. We, uh, <laughs> we like some of the aspects. There are others we don't. I've never seen a bill or a law go through where we liked everything or hated everything about it. Um, That's true. We'll just keep advocating. One thing I will throw out there is that if you have a legitimate service dog and you ever need help with the laws, we actually have an app from NAGDU, which is the National Association of Guide Dog Users. It's on the App Store and the, what is it for Android, Google Play uh, Store. Okay, and uh, so you have access for people who need that information. Yep, federal, and then all the state laws you can pull up in real time and show to a business owner if you need to. Well, you've been very helpful, Heather, and I'm glad you called. Anytime you want to get your point of view out, give us a call. We'll be happy to air it for you. Awesome. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, Heather. Bye-bye. Day. Yeah, bye-bye. Wow, remarkable. Those dogs, yeah, as far as diabetics, uh, they can they aid diabetics because they can sense when your blood sugar is uh, is high that's remarkable i i i'm always uh, a in awe of a well-trained animal and no matter what it is whether it's a rodeo horse or or certainly in a support animal doesn't matter uh, they have the ability to really learn you know why because they're focused on you i think they think it's a pleasure that uh, you're spending all your time with them to teach them things and and uh, I'd, I'd like to uh, I'd like to pursue that further. See what kind of training it takes for one of these dogs, because it sounds like doesn't it sound remarkable. It really does, and I agree with you. I'm in awe of what they can do. I could barely tie my shoes, and these animals can do that. Yeah, the one thing maybe I should have asked Heather. The one thing that I've always wondered about when they show you a a well trained dog, say you're in the city, and the handler and the dog are at the corner. And the dog will, will know because probably can recognize the light or the other people or something like that when to cross. Okay, I understand that. But what I don't understand is how the dog knows when you get across the street whether the owner wants a left or a right unless he signals it through the harness. 
That's all I can think about. And how do you know when you're on the opposite curb? So the, these things are remarkable to me. I My jaw drops when I see how they can do things, and especially now uh, that they can help uh, people even with their high blood sugar. That's just that's mind-boggling. Incredible. We'll take a break and return on News Radio 930, WBEN. But guess what I have first? I have a cash code word, 72881, with the word copy. C-O-P-Y. It's what Tony used to do in school during a test. Copy. C-O-P-Y. Send that to 72881. You might win $1,000 cash. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. 